Hello there, you're listening to the Sort Yourself Out podcast. This week, we're looking at a single quality you can cultivate to totally turn your life around. I'm your host, Janine Hunt, natural health therapist for over 30 years, hypnotherapist, lifelong learner, and student of the ageless wisdom. Here on the Sort Yourself Out podcast and in my Better Than Happy Zone membership, I teach powerful top-down techniques and practices so that you can master your mind and emotions, free yourself of what's holding you back, expand your consciousness, and nourish your soul. So let's get started. Well, hello there, and thank you so much for joining me today. This week, we're discussing a single quality that you can cultivate to totally turn your life around. This quality is harmlessness. This is such a powerful quality to cultivate because of the universal laws that we live by here on earth. These are the laws of karma, cause and effect, and the law of attraction. These laws are really all one. They apply to us as individualized sparks of divinity in relationship with one another here on the earth plane. As souls in incarnation, we are all on the spiritual path of developing right relations. This means having a right relationship with ourselves. This means knowing who we are. Do I know that I am a divine being here in my animal body to anchor divine qualities on the earth plane? Do I live my life as if I know this? It also means having right relations with others. Do I treat all other life with love and respect, knowing that we are all one, we are all divine, and we are all on the same path? Do my actions foster harmony in the world? Am I creating conditions that are for the good of the whole, of the group? Or do they only serve my poor, little, beleaguered, fearful ego? (laughs) Wow, there's a lot to think about there. But that's exactly what we need to do. And that's where harmlessness comes in. The practice of harmlessness is the one thing that is going to help you create satisfying causes and effects to balance your karma, and to attract good things into your life. When you are in a state of harmlessness, you will attract to yourself the same quality. We live in a vibrational world, a world of energies, and we attract to ourselves energies of a like quality to our own. So we don't want to be dwelling in the lower frequencies of fear and guilt and shame and hatred. Do we want to attract more of that stuff? No, we don't. So Bartholomew, a spiritual entity channeled by Mary Margaret Moore, said, The desire to be harmless is absolutely necessary for traversing from your current state of awareness to a vaster one. When we practice harmlessness, we uplift our consciousness. We come into alignment with the divine principle of the oneness of all things. We leave behind the duality of the ego, the little self, and move from selfishness to selflessness. 
which will always work out as the greater good. So let's just look at what harmlessness is. Here's a definition of harmlessness from the Ageless Wisdom. Harmlessness is an active, positive, dynamic quality, the will to bring good to others. It is achieved by watching every thought, word, and deed so that there is no possibility of injuring others. It means refusing to think ungenerously or to criticize. To be harmless means to have understanding and purity of motive. It makes for perfect relationships with others. So I was going back through some of my old books and I came across this really interesting passage about harmlessness in a Bartholomew book from the, uh, called From the Heart of a Gentle Brother. And it powerfully interest, illustrates the importance of motive. So in a seminar back in the 80s, someone asked Bartholomew about the spacecraft, the Challenger, which launched on 28th January 1986 and promptly exploded, killing five men and two women before the horrified view of millions of people who were watching worldwide on television. So the questioner wanted to know, why? Why did this happen? What could be the purpose of this sort of thing? So Bartholomew first explains that as humans, we have a viewpoint that is limited by our physical and mental bodies, and also that we tend to take things personally. We view things in a linear way, like cause and effect, and we don't understand that on the larger scale, things are not linear, like creation, for example, which is an explosive process. And that happenings such as the destruction of the Challenger are too large in scope to fit into the confines of the mind. I'm going to read you an excerpt now as he elaborates with some really fascinating info that relates to harmlessness and motives, macrocosmic and microcosmic, and also illustrates that way in how our understanding of things is very limited. So Bartholomew says, Let us expand our view around the challenger by asking about the motive behind the action. When the motive is clear and true, you can rest assured that the results will not be harmful. So before we go any further, we have to ask, what the motive of the United States was in going out into space. Did those who made the decision feel it was an important and necessary scientific and medical action? Did they want to capture the attention of the world to appear more powerful than another nation, the Soviet Union perhaps? So which motive was the greater one? One wonderful thing about the entire space program is the symbolic statement it makes about what mankind wants to do. Mankind desires to reach those deep parts of itself and wants to move out and become vaster. What is also necessary is to realize that the outward journey toward vastness needs, needs to be balanced by an inward journey toward vastness. Space is an outward and visible hope of what you are looking for. 
But in the end, that which is within you has to be looked at. The world, as it is presented to you today, is filled with needs, with longings, with desperate calls for help. Any of these calls for help could have been answered by an incredibly powerful nation that said, We will do whatever we can here first on this planet, which is our home. And when our home is in perfect harmony, beauty, and wonder, then we will go out into the rest of the world and past the world to see what we can learn from there. You all know that there were many warning signals sent about the January launch. The intuition of the people in charge said that it should not go, and they knew it. The signs were there, clearly and powerfully. But because of pressures, the scope of which are hard to understand, they overrode their intuitive responses and let the challenger go. The lesson on the earth plane is very simple. If you do not listen to your own intuitive promptings, you too will launch things that will work against you. Your intuition leads you truly, but what happens is that you override it. You override it when you want to please other people or when you wish to appear more powerful than others. You stop listening to the intuitive and end up doing things others say you should do. The challenger is symbolic in this way. The intuition of many people said no, but the practical, rational among them said, we've got to complete this launch. We have delayed it too long. We are beginning to look silly. We have to get this one off. And so they did. Please acknowledge this tendency in yourselves and have as much compassion for them as you would for yourself. You have launched many things in your life against your intuition and then said afterwards, I knew better. I really knew better. Just be grateful that all the world wasn't watching you on television. So events moved forward on the earth plane. You were ready to move out, and this launching was supposed to be one of the first steps towards establishing a pattern to move into and eventually live in outer space. But as I have told you before, no one is going to completely leave the sphere of this planet until it, there is harmlessness in their going. This is because right now there is a degree of egotistic interest inherent in the actions of the people who are in charge of these missions. They do not understand the basic problems that could occur were you to begin moving this kind of energy farther and farther out into those areas of space. There is such a thing as an ongoing reaction. Let us suppose that you had established a colony out there and one day something goes wrong and the colony is destroyed. In that explosion, in that action, a pattern of reaction moves out. It creates an energy that begins to spark off other explosions. In a sense, my friends, it is a perfectly materialistic statement. Until you know how to go out into space in safety, then it isn't safe either for you or for space itself. Because reactions do happen that continue on like a chain. 
When you are ready, when you exercise your capacity to intuitively know the things you do are safe, then by all means, space will welcome you. But what do you think would happen at present if another country, let us say China or Iraq, were to send a similar mission out there? Then what would we have? Would we have two harmonious entities blending in peace? Or would there be the fear that there might be a continuation of the hatred that has, been, has not been cleared up here? Would it not be possible for the feelings of mistrust that now exist between them to be sent into space as well? Until harmony is here, it is not helpful to propagate the same kind of earth plane experience in a clean environment such as space. Space is clean, not filled at this time, but waiting. It is very much like a womb that is waiting for something wondrous to take shape in it. Space wants to become something greater. It wants to give birth to and hold and embrace a newness. And it is up to you to decide what kind of seed you wish to plant in this womb. Not until your disharmonies are placed at rest here will you be qualified to go out and create new worlds. The challenger is also a statement, my friends, of a desire from the other side of the veil, the unseen world. Please stay and take care of things in your own homes. When you are in balance and harmony, then all of the vastness will welcome you totally. We will invite you to come and share with us what you have and what you know. Until that time, it is safer for you and it is safer for the whole vastness to keep the two areas separate. Wow. <laughs> I think that is a very powerful passage. And one part that really resonates with me is about how we willfully ignore all the things that are here to do on our planet. For example, can you believe that there is still hunger in the world? Do you not think that if we dedicated our energies and resources to that several decades ago that we would not have solved it by now? Back in the 80s, Bob Geldof was trying to put right this terrible inequity, and we still haven't done it. And even in 1953, President Eisenhower spoke about the military-industrial complex that drained the powerful nation's coffers and resources in his Cross of Iron speech when he said, Every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies in the final sense a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, those who are cold and are not clothed. The world in arms is not spending money alone. It is spending the sweat of its laborers, the genius of its scientists, the hopes of its children. The cost of one modern heavy bomber is this, a modern brick school in more than 30 cities. It is two electric power plants, each serving a town of 60,000 population. It is two fine, fully equipped hospitals. It is some 50 miles of concrete highway. We will pay for a single fighter plane with a half million bushels of wheat. 
we pay for a single destroyer with new homes that could have housed more than 8,000 people. The speech continues on for a bit, and then he goes on to say, It is a moment that calls upon the governments of the world to speak their intentions with simplicity and with honesty. It calls upon them to answer the question that stirs the hearts of all sane men. Is there no other way the world may live? Wow, that is so powerful. And sadly, here we are in 2021 and still dealing with these issues, which, if anything, have become stronger because now we've added the medical industrial complex to the mix. It's not just the military industrial complex. And there's also big tech which is increasingly running amok and the governments just let them. I tell you, I'm often sitting here scratching my head (laughs) as I look at the world and at how the governments really do not very accurately represent the wishes and the values of good-hearted people. And incidentally, President Eisenhower, it turns out, is a member of the spiritual hierarchy known as the White Brotherhood. And if you want to know more about that, look up the books of Michelle Small Wright. They will blow your mind as to what's really going on behind the scenes in the bigger picture of the world. And that uh, Michelle is not spelt like Michelle is normally spelt. It's M-A-C-H-A-E-L-L-E. And then small right, W-R-I-G-H-T. Her books are fascinating. (laughs) They really will blow your mind. So I don't mean to go on and rant about this, but I think that that Eisenhower quote ties in nicely with what Bartholomew was saying. So we have harmlessness on many levels, personally in our own lives, in the microcosm, as well as nationally, internationally, and even universally in the macrocosm. The ageless wisdom is all about establishing right relations in all these aspects and says that we can achieve this through goodwill in action. In Problems of Humanity by Alice Bailey, the Tibetan tells us that through the new technique of trained, imaginative, creative, and practical goodwill, one person sincerely practicing goodwill in a family can completely change its attitudes. Goodwill really practiced among groups in any nation, by political and religious parties in any nation, and among the nations of the world can revolutionize the world. So goodwill is about harmlessness, having the right motives, and serving the greater good, not our selfish desires. (laughs) Now, I'm sorry if you're hearing things going on in the background here, like sheep and chickens. (laughs) I've got my windows open. It's it's getting hot here. It's June at the moment, and uh, I'm in a a room at the top of the house that heats up during the day. So it's early morning now and it's nice and cool. So I've thrown open my windows to let some cool air in. And uh, that is also letting in the sounds of sheep 
and chickens and uh, my neighbor dealing with his sheep and chickens. So I'm sorry about that. If that's uh, coming through and disturbing you, my mic tends to pick up all these things. There he goes. Ah. <laughs> okay, so back to harmlessness. So goodwill is about harmlessness and having the right motives and serving the greater good, not our selfish desires. Okay, so let's look at some ways that you can practice harmlessness. These are some instructions from the Tibetan on how to practice harmlessness. Do you hear that? The sheep's telling you. <laughs> Study your daily contact, conduct and words and thoughts so as to make them utterly harmless. Set yourself to think those thoughts about yourself and others which will be constructive and positive and hence harmless in their effects. Study your emotional effect on others so that by no mood, no depression, and no emotional reaction can you harm a fellow man. Remember in this connection, violent spiritual aspiration and enthusiasm, misplaced or misdirected, may quite easily harm a fellow man. So look not only at your wrong tendencies, but at the use of your virtues. So that last one is really interesting, to look not only at your wrong tendencies, but at the use of your virtues. Here the Tibetan is reminding us to be wise in what we communicate with others. Even if it's a good and positive thing in a general sense, we can do someone a disservice by forcing our ideas upon them if they are not ready for them. So harmlessness, like any other quality, radiates out in a chain reaction of cause and effect and attracts back to you energies of a like quality. Bartholomew said, if you are in a state of harmlessness, then in almost every instance you will attract to you the same quality. So harmlessness needs to be cultivated in your daily life. This is the dynamic, positive, and active quality in harmlessness. You can know all there is to know about spirituality and right living, but it is only when you make it a practical part of your daily living that it becomes wisdom. Bartholomew suggests using your feeling nature and your intuition to check in with yourself again and again throughout the day and to ask yourself, does this feel right? We know when things feel right, don't we? And yet so often we override that sense or we override our intuition. But if we want to practice harmlessness, we need to pay attention to that sense of right or wrong that we have within us. And that's what it's there for. So I am going to leave it there for today. Now, if you want some help in cultivating harmlessness, meditation is wonderful for helping you to monitor and manage your thoughts and emotions and to really get a handle on that lower aspect of yourself and to bring through the higher aspect, to connect with that inner vastness that Bartholomew was talking about. So if you don't meditate already, I recommend that you download my free quick start guide to doable meditation. In it, I provide really simple, no-fuss instructions on how to meditate 
and I'm talking a meditation that takes as little as five minutes per day. And it also includes tips to make sure that you can fit it into your day and move past any resistance you might feel about starting a daily meditation practice, because that's where meditation really benefits you. It's daily meditation that does the job. Sporadic meditation is not the same at all, and it's the rhythm that you develop through daily meditation that brings you into contact with your higher energies. So do give it a go, as a meditation is the technique par excellence to enable you to observe and become the master of your mind. And that will go a long way in cultivating harmlessness. You can get my free quick start guide to doable meditation at theinspirationcloud.com slash SYO81. It's the number 81. Theinspirationcloud.com slash SYO81. And I will put a link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my Better Than Happy Zone membership too, to help you free yourself of the things that are holding you back and to help you move forward on your spiritual path. You can check that out at betterthanhappyzone.com. Okay, my friend, that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening and for spending your time with me. I really do appreciate it. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening and for sharing this podcast and for subscribing and leaving me a lovely five-star review on iTunes. Those things really help to get the podcast out there so that it can serve more people. If you have any questions or would like me to address a certain topic, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at info at theinspirationcloud.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.